Hey everyone, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you by Frontline Gaming. We are your hosts, Kicker, the Chief of Serial and Sigilite of FLG, and I'm Seth the Mad Doc, your competitive correspondent. Kicker, how have you been doing, bud? We had a week off there. Dude, I am so sorry. I had to be gone. Richard was busy. You were busy. Well, you weren't actually busy. You were. You I, were I was there and ready. You were ready, but everyone else was missing. I, I yeah. had to escape to the mountains so I could recharge my batteries and go camping and, and do all that nature stuff. Mountain man? Yeah, <laughs> I know, like, right? I must go commune with nature. Exactly. I, I, I had to. But I had to go get inspiration for uh, – could our tech priest bring down my uh, my hobby progress? I, I, there we go. Boom. I'm working on this like wood elf-themed elder army. So by spending time in the mountains, I got to see nature and figure out, okay, yeah, here's the shades of green I want to go with. That Those are my is Star the Guardians. biggest – stretch i have ever seen for a transition kicker <laughs> i mean i'm glad yeah. you made it but yeah. like man you really were like what if i could just connect the dots yeah right well yeah right right i no, actually there was zero correlation i just really wanted to go camping um but yes if you are listening to our podcast you should be watching our live broadcast every wednesday at 9 p.m eastern standard time so you could see the photos of our hobby progress and more importantly partake in our wonderful live chat hi everyone in chat we missed you guys Seth, what have you been up to, dude? Um, yeah, so it, since I had a, a week off there, I guess I'll catch everyone up. I went to the Battle to End Alzheimer's two weeks ago, mm -hmm. which was in Westminster, Maryland. It ended up being a 96-person event out of uh, Tables and Towers. Um, I ended up coming in 13th place and second overall, uh, nice, so I was pretty dude. happy with that. The event itself has raised over $14,000 for Alzheimer's research, uh, so like, congrats to those guys. Great job. Mm -hmm. um, since I got back, uh, I've been, uh, trying to figure out what else I want to try with Tau. So I've been going down the triple storm surge route. Okay. Um, so I have those, those models on the way. And I also no got the, um, shame whatsoever. no shame. I no like shame. them. <laughs> I always, come on. I collected Tau because I was a little boy when they came out and they were dying fighting robots and they were like, <laughs> they just keep making more robots and I need them. Um, okay, but well, I don't like how the storm surge looks with this like little missile arms. Mm, so I got real arm conversion bits from Shapeways yes. for them. So I've been figuring out the, the conversion process for them, but they're right. coming along. Next, um, week, you're staring, uh, next week you have to share the happy progress because I want to see these. I hope I get the cockpit pieces by next week so I can actually get paint on them. Okay. Um, cause I want to, I don't like the open cockpit. I'm like, it's a giant suit that's supposed to be the equivalent of a knight, and I can see the dudes. No, yeah. I don't want to no. see the dudes. Um, so <laughs> I got cockpits for them. Anyway, kicker, take us into the uh, GW news. Yes, guys. All right. So, you know, we've got a few things happening, but nothing too crazy in the past week and a half or so. Uh, another Underworlds release. It seems like they keep on releasing Underworld stuff, and I don't know too many people that play Underworlds. But the models are always cool. These are Dark Elves yep. and Skaven. My notes say Shaven, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to say Skaven. The, the rats. Um, it's Let's a not cool... shave the Skaven. And, <laughs> and if anyone converts their Skaven to be Shaven, they're no, banned. Okay, not allowed. No. Not allowed at any Frontline Gaming event. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Dark Elves and the Skaven. I was, I'm thinking about buying this box just because I love these models. Like, the, the, I've always liked the little rat dudes. Like, they've always been my favorite uh, fantasy. Oh, Lizardmen and rat dudes have always been my two favorite, like, races from the, the old world. And uh, really, really a fan of those. More importantly, though, Horus Heresy, we're getting the slow trickle release. We know the new mm -hmm. box is coming, and we've gotten our photo, our, our full, full photo of the captain. I think it's a captain. Is it a captain? It's, a, it's an HQ character. Yeah, I think uh, it's a captain. I think they, yeah. might have, they might call it a Praetor. Praetor, that's and it. Yeah, Horus Heresy. But yeah. it's a, the captain equivalent for those that don't speak uh, heresy. <laughs> so don't say, you know, and, and it looks cool, right? We, we know these models are going to be amazing. I'm still trying to figure out, because I, I don't know if they're going to be um, easy to build or if they're going to be more posable and whatnot. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that, Seth? 
Um, if they're plastic, I would assume they're going to be easy to build. Now, that yeah. being said, most of the plastic character models that GW have come out recently, they have not given you a ton of options for posability. So yeah. I don't know how posable they're going to be, but they definitely will, will assemble easier than resin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, options, speaking about options, we do have more Joy Toy action figures. These are those yep. really high-end action figures that are... You and know, they're like, not just Space Marines anymore. They're not just Space Marines. We've got Chaos, and I think they just chaos. released a Hellbrute or whatever, one of the big Chaos. Like, yeah, if you, if you go through and look at those, I was looking at them the other day. Those are some amazing looking models yeah. you could have a real you could actually play like 40k, 40K and figures. that would be quite the game and and, and let's be honest everyone that quite plays expensive. 40k likes action figures right like yeah. we, we all have at least one action figure in our house right now i've got a couple ninja turtles and some star wars guys yep. i i could totally add a few 40K. i have the mcfarlane orc ones oh, of course you do yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the mcfarlane ones for some reason well the orc ones the the, the, I, the, the... I got the the artist proof ones so i okay. could paint them myself because i didn't like how they were painted but um yeah. I've kind of hit a mental block of like, how do I paint a model that is articulated and is going to have wear and that paint yeah. not wear off? I haven't quite figured that out. Yeah, Smarter people than me, I'm sure, have, and I will probably <laughs> tap them for knowledge later. All right. Well, we've got we got the you know we got the underworlds. We got horse heresy. We got joy toy action figures, and now we've got stickers. It seems like GW is uh, partnered with a company that produces collectible stickers. I have never been into the um, the sticker you know collection you know world. That's yeah. just never been my thing. Probably not since I was like five, maybe six, when no. I got gold stars for reading books or something. I so, think there's two possibilities here, Kicker. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, option one is. Uh, if you believe John Quinnell from Grim After Dark, that that is a common hobby for children in the UK is to have sticker books. Ah. Option B is they got jealous of our stickers Ooh, and decided one. to compete. Boom, right there. That one, that one, that one. Yeah. But, you know, in all truth, um, option A would make sense because they're trying to get younger kids into this. It's yeah. the same thing as having a happy meal at McDonald's. Want to get them in while they're young, um, which which totally makes sense. Mouse pads are the other new GW product kind of rolling out. Um, these are kind of weird. The, GW is basically just releasing a lot of their licensing, you know, a little, re, giving out a lot of their IP through, through licenses. Because, you know, mouse pad stickers, joy to action figures, they're, they've started pushing their uh, apparel again, really pushing their T-shirts. So it's kind of cool. You can really, this is, 40K is not just a game you play on the table. This is a full lifestyle now. So I expect your house set to be covered in 40K stuff next time I visit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know you got a few posters, but I'm talking about like, your mouse pad i want random stickers on the door all that good stuff um ooh, i mean ooh, if, yeah. if you you say so kicker i guess i will have to you you have to you have to you have to i, I kind of want the stickers just just because i want to see like why but like you said maybe because it's something big in the uk for for kids or um, they're competing with us or they're competing with us <laughs> um oh last big release that i kind of want to talk about is necromunda they have this big box set we know it's coming they got the guys riding the fleas they got this atv thing um I just don't understand why they're not rules for 40K for this because we've got Kill Team rules. We know Kill Team is compatible with 40K. We know Warcry is compatible with Age of Sigmar. There are so many beautiful Necromunda models that I own that I would love to be able to play with 40K. And I'm not just saying me. I know a lot of people that buy Necromunda models. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe one day there'll be some compatibility, but it's never happened before and the chances of happening are pretty low. But here we get these giant like flea riding things. Uh, that would be great. To, to, I, to I think the answer... You know, they, they could make some 40K rules, but I think not having to make 40K rules allows them to make a much smaller range and a smaller faction. Yeah. And they enough. don't have to worry about like, okay, where do these fit in the giant scheme of 40K? 
That's fair. Um, and they could totally- yeah, they've done rules for those things, but they've never really, they've either A, never seen play, or B, there's something broken that everyone's like, what if I took a million of these things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's fair, that's fair. Because so, like, they do with Blackstone Fortress. Yeah. Remember like the big uh, monster thing? I can't remember his name. He, you could, you yeah. could bring him in. But uh, okay, cool. Well, let's talk about some rules, Seth. We know that Knights are coming out soon, mm-hmm. and we're getting some previews that are officially released, as well as some more stuff getting leaked. But Knights are looking like strong, like extremely strong. What are your thoughts, Seth? They have me very excited. Um, Ooh, knights? Yeah, I've so <laughs> I did not expect. I that. don't. This is this is probably going to spin off into more of a discussion when we when we bring our guest on Adam Abramowitz. But I have been trying to push myself to improve with my airbrush, mm. um, and it's mostly just base coating and maybe a few like OSL, you know, little things. Um, but I feel like knights are a great palette to sure. really push myself, and I think chaos knights are particularly interesting from a painting standpoint because they can have a wide variety in how that yeah. army looks and it'll it. still be cohesive versus like Imperial Knights. It's more like yeah. they probably should all be, you know, Uniform, the same yeah. scheme. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm excited from that standpoint. Um, but the rules look spicy too, man. The I rules mean, are on. looking good. The rules yeah. are looking good. I mean, Psyker Knight, who does not mm-hmm. want a, a Psyker Knight running around? I think that's yeah. a late, amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone and wants I want to see him do shenanigans. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see how they mixed up the, the meta that's right now starting to slowly reveal itself, which are the nids. Yeah. We know bugs are, Pretty pretty brutal. It's you know, so it'll be interesting to see how knights come in here and, and yeah. mix it up. Uh Seth, real fast, one sentence, are nids broken. Uh caveat with the the changes they've released today, I think they are less broken, but I think right now the mortal wound spam ability of that yeah. army is is really yeah. hard to deal with. Mainly the maliceptors. For those of you that don't know, that if it casts, I believe, on a 7+, plus, if you're within 12 inches of Malceptor, it can just do three mortal wounds to you. Mm-hmm. So they have spells to do mortal wounds, and then every time that guy casts, it's extra mortal wounds. Yeah. So they can really, really stack up. And um, with not many armies having a lot of ways to mitigate mortal wounds, yeah. um, it's gonna feel it, can be, it can be a, a big issue. So yeah. I think that needs a little bit of tone down. But the rest of the, excuse me, uh, the rest of the stuff they toned down uh, today with their um, content update, I think really helps bring them out. It'll probably be another two or three weeks before we really start to see what the balance is, though, because um, I know a lot of events running this weekend, big team events aren't running the NID codex yet. They're running the rest of the balance stuff, but not the new NID codex because mm-hmm. it only came out a week ago. So uh, like I said, it'll probably be a couple weeks before we start to see it, how how that shakes out. Well, Seth, thank you so much. That was way more than one sentence, but I really appreciate your insight. <laughs> I know you have to pee. I'm trying to go fast. I, I do have to pee, people. I apologize. So if I speak faster than normal, well, because we are currently recording. Um, I can't that would hear not the producer, Kicker. I, I, believe, I, I believe our director, uh, Mr. Val Heffelfinger, would not approve of peeing on air. That would not meet the guidelines that John Quadnell has insisted we all follow. So moving along, let's talk about FLG stuff really fast. Secondhand Shop has got some amazing stuff going on. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, you should. The Frontline Gaming newsletter, you get like a coupon. I think that was the one that was released uh, this week mm-hmm. for secondhand shop stuff. We also have the Color Terrain. Every week we're releasing a set of Color Terrain. I know, Seth, you have your beautiful clothes right we need to get a photo I, of it train. literally it just arrived today right. i mean sweet, like sweet, literally sweet. just today um i got the orc set because why not yeah. i i'm 
I have a desert table. You can't see behind me because it's way, way back there in the background. Way back, <laughs> back yeah. But I have a desert table, so I think it'll look great. So anyway, so 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 we every Monday. If you want this, you know, full color frontline gaming terrain that you know you do, you want this stuff. You got to buy it Monday. It's each week. It's a different batch, a different skin on mm -hmm. on, on it. So you kind of yeah. got to grab it, and you know, or else wait Didn't, till the fall. Uh, wasn't this week snowy gothic? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And it, it didn't tend to sell out within the first few days because we only do a few for each a week. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy the variety there. That's that's an interesting. I mean, it's an. I don't know how hard it is for you guys to switch up the the color scheme, but it's interesting because um, when when you when you guys you when you do your events, you have multiple paint schemes. Yeah. Um, so it was a good idea there. So I like that. That was all Frankie. Uh, oh, job, okay. Frankie. And right, good job, Frankie. Um, and so let's just talk about the BAO real fast. The BAO will be getting streamed live. We'll have Mr. Val Heffelfer himself. The director of the FLGN. I can't speak, by the way, Val, if he's listening, which I know he's listening because he's our producer today. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Val he, he will, have a left finger. There we go. Yeah, it's too many syllables, damn it. Um, you will be oh, there, wow. our on-air correspondent, I believe. Magikarp used fly. Matt from Dice Check will be there as well, and possibly a few others. I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say everyone that's going to be there because I'm not exactly sure who. Because I, I should do these things. I think I would probably have Adam. Hopefully, I have Adam Camilleri. We'll, we'll see. Um, if not, we can kidnap him. Yeah, totally. No problem. I so. mean, I'm sure some people can find him in the wherever he is in the <laughs> North Americas the and world. make him uh, show up to uh, was, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, San Francisco. Right, so someone deliver him to Bring San Francisco at the end of May. Thank you. Boom. There we go. Thank you. We appreciate it. And the Atlantic City Open, guys. We still have that free, uh, that free give, like the, the giveaway to stay for free mm -hmm. at the uh, you know venue. This is the best giveaway I think we've ever done. Uh, it's that it's it's a full weekend, free staying at the resort. Yeah, and a free meal. Um, go to the Frontline Gaming Community to enter. Yes, Seth. Uh, oh, sorry. No, keep going. Okay, somebody in chat asking about how to enter. Nope. Okay, cool. Go if you do want to enter this. We we. Do do have quite a few people already entered but if you've missed out we're gonna be doing the drawing in the next week or two uh to determine the winner let's scroll on down to the lone star open i wanted to tell people that the lone star open will have expo games on the friday night that will be expo games military branch versus military branch they will be streamed they'll be fun to watch you're going to want to watch these uh, and then the full tournament is the saturday and sunday we've also got a couple of awesome sponsors jumping on board for the lone star open remember the lone star opener is a military appreciation event so we have guys mm -hmm. like mr laser coming in and buying the military guys drinks yes so if you're a service member formerly or currently serving you should be uh <laughs> getting in line to get your free drink at at the Lone Star Open. We'll also have Rexer's Lasers there providing free food for the meet and greet the, the night before the tournament. So a lot of fun uh, stuff happening at the Lone Star Open. Speaking of sponsors, the, yes. uh, the Army Painter asks, are there any restrictions about sponsors entering the uh, ACO giveaway? Oh, no, please go ahead and do go in. I, I, I would love I would love for uh, for somebody anonymous but army painter adam abramowitz to join us at the atlantic city open by the way we're going to talk about this probably more when we get adam on in a few minutes but if you are going to the aco or the lso uh and you've got a vip ticket guess what you get free speed paint yes we, a lot of you guys already bought your ticket you didn't even know you're getting this but if, for those of you who are still figuring out do i want a standard ticket or a premium ticket get your premium ticket because you in addition to all the other awesome stuff you get you're now getting some of that hard to find free speed paint from the army painter seth why don't you take it into the flgn real fast what's happening yeah. with the with the network so uh this uh this week on uh grim after dark they had a veteran meme creator uh separate cult of heroes um and i i think that was a very good episode if you love 40k memes 
that episode is right up your alley because they got Evan on there talking memes. You got John talking memes. And then you have Salty John in chat commenting. So it was really just <laughs> like it all came together. It was the perfect meme combo. Um, if you want some uh, game changers, Steve Joel is back. Uh, and he had the old man himself, Brad Chester, on. Uh, another great episode of Game Changers. And then uh, Chapter Tactics last week had a very interesting episode. This is pre-balance uh, update, just for reference. Um, but they had Scary on to talk about how to downgrade your OP army. So if you're if you're playing with a friend group and you, or you're trying to maybe help some newer players come up competitively, how to kind of tone down your list um, nice. to keep things a bit more competitive there. Um, in other news, uh, we've got uh, Joe from War Games Live. He's streaming at Planet Arcanite in Kansas City this weekend. Um, it's a small uh, pre-Dallas Open event, so uh, check that out if you want some 40K content this weekend. I know, uh, assuming the rest of my models arrive, where I will be uh, watching uh, while I hobby all weekend. That being said, let's get into our main segment. Ooh. Let's bring on our guest. This is uh, the lovely Adam Abramowitz of the Army Painter, and Whoa. he is here today to talk to us about paint. But before we do that, Kicker has a very important question for Adam. Adam, as we require all of our guests to answer truthfully, what is your favorite brand of sugary breakfast cereal? Or what is your favorite cereal? You have to tell us, because this allows us to get you know a gross general stereotype about you. And so I... I it's it's one of two things. It's either right. frost Am I? Is he muted? Can you guys hear Adam? I can hear Adam. I can hear Adam. Can the audience hear Adam? That's what's really important because, you know. Yeah, that's really who I was asking. Chat, can you hear Adam? There's can you hear me now? In chat. I mean, we can hear you, Adam. Okay. I'm glad you guys can. But that... Yeah, we're good to go. Uh, we're good to go. All right. Well, thank you for that technical difficulty. So, Adam, what is your favorite breakfast okay. cereal? I'm not going to reiterate what I just said. <laughs> it no, this is critical. Uh, so typically a Frosted Mini Wheats guy, but All if right. I can't find Frosted Mini Wheats, uh, I, I like a good uh, Frosted Flakes with some regular Cheerios mixed in. Ooh, a cereal and, mixer. Okay. All right. Oh, All right. Dude, that's a big deal in my family because if you wanted the sugary stuff, you had to have half and half <laughs> with the, the, health, the healthy stuff. You gotta now, have your fiber. Uh, Adam, where do you stand on the frosted mini wheat variants <laughs> of different flavors of frosted love, mini wheat? Seth, thank you for contributing. I love this. I love you jumping on here, man. I feel the same way about this as I do about Oreos. Like, just stick with the tradition. Oh, no, wow. Good answer. I, good answer. I, it, generally, I'm one for all variety. I love all sorts of special limited edition flavors. But, but dude, the, the, the mini wheats, like all the mixed flavors, the, the cinnamon ones, the, the coffee ones, the, the apple pie ones, wait, they're all terrible. Wait, hold on. Coffee? I think they have a coffee one. I know they have a coffee cereal. I, maybe it was not mini wheats. I know they have a Googling. few random flavors, but they're all terrible. The only good mini wheat is the original mini wheat. That is a fact. You can put that on my gravestone. All right, Adam, dude. Okay, let's get a little background about you. You are in the Army Painter for a few years now. What is your like official, I guess, job? My new title, and if anybody knows Bo, the owner, it'll make a lot more sense when you hear it because it's it's uh, kind of crazy. But my current title is Tactical Promotions Executive. All right. I, I love it. I love it. Is that yeah. like seriously your your job title? Tactical promotions. All right, sweet. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. I need to bring us back for some important uh serial updates. <laughs> Kicker was referencing the vanilla latte frosted mini wheats from 2012. <laughs> yes, I know my serial shit. All right, thank you. Thank you. Who 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 come was that you no, Googling? No, I Googled that because I was like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I knew that at one point there was a coffee themed anyway. Let's let's just move on. Let's just move on. Sorry to, to, to interrupt Adam. Um so so Adam, what does that mean though? You're basically promoting the army painter 
in, in I guess, various platforms and events? Of course, when I started at the company, I started as the media director and, and really helped them to cater their communication to the end user at the end of the day, the people listening to the show, because they built their business on supporting retail um, for a very, very long time. And they were ready to kind of make that next jump. Uh, they brought me on board. So I started making tutorials, working with social media, working with content creators, working with events and people like yourselves that run podcasts and webcasts. And uh, now days, my job position is uh, doing a little bit more special interest projects, things like the support of the ACO and, and the events that, that are going forward with Frontline Gaming. Um, bigger partnerships, but it's also about making sure that all of our marketing is aligned with our sales strategies and goals so that we are being as efficient as possible. Uh, and at the end of the day, bringing hobbyists what they want and need. Cool. Well, you guys have definitely been bringing hobbyists what they need at the Frontline Gaming events. You generously donated our, we call it our mech workshop, our little uh, repair station that we had at F, uh, at the LVO. We also had it at Cherokee and, and people loved it. I mean, people just went to town, you know, last minute repairs on, on their minis. So so thank you very much, Adam and, and the Army Painter. I think um, Old Man Chester took good advantage of it at LVO because he had <laughs> American model. Oh my God. Oh, poor, poor dude. Poor Sounds dude. Sounds about right. Um, Seth, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off with, with, I guess, like the, the, the real tough question straight up. Adam, I hope you don't mind, but GW or Army Painter? Why Army Painter? What, what, what I mean, GW's, you know, they've got a pretty established paint line, and I know you guys have been bringing your, 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 war, uh, your speed paint to, to kind of compete with contrast. What do you got going for you? Let me go back a little bit first. All right. Um, All right. You know, when we started the Army Painter, going on, 50, it'll be 15 years ago this September. The first oh, wow. product market was our quick shade dip and and the dipping method which then kind of morphed into spray paint dip done which is the army painter you know that, that's our house method of painting mm -hmm. and painting we have always been about speed painting yeah. so obviously when we saw contrast our our ears and eyes kind of perked up and yeah. uh, you know it's a cool product it's a yeah. really really cool product um but we thought that they made a promise that said one thick coat you know one coat and done Mm -hmm. Well, I think some of their products are really good at that. Um, some notables are, are Blood Angels Red, um, Dark Angel Green. Those are state they cover really, really well in one coat. But what you see, I think the difference between speed paint and contrast is you're going to see more consistency in that coloration or saturation mm -hmm. and the coverage. So we worked really hard to make sure that, you know, our Zealot Yellow covers in the same way as our Blood Red or, or Skin. So there's more similarities in the way that the paints behave. That's really interesting because I, I I do have a bunch of contrast paint because I'm trying to paint this army really really fast that I'm working on, and I I, I didn't I, I have noticed that it's 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 weird it's different like technique like the paints operate differently which kind of is a little um, it caught me off guard because I'm like oh it's, I have to like really adjust my painting style or expectations with the different colors that I've been using. So you're saying army painter is is a little bit more consistent in that regard. It's the same kind of. Okay, cool, cool, cool. The goal. We think we achieved it. And I, I think that, you know, one of the things that you'll see in, in the range is that everything is very strong, with the exception of two colors. Skeleton, or pallid bone, excuse me, is a little bit of a fainter color because mm -hmm. you're paint bone, right? Yeah. yeah. And our plasmatic bolt, you know, is a little bit lighter as well because the idea there is that it's going to be used for plasma weapons and, and energy okay. things. Yeah, yeah. So I designed those were just scale back a little bit in terms of their punch and their saturation but you know all the way across the range you're going to see a lot of saturation in the product and one of the cool things about it is that when you start 
it, it's a lot more difficult to take, uh, I should say, add more color with these types of paints mm -hmm. because then you get into weird staining and tide marks and things of that nature. So you can actually bring it down to, you know, you could tone it down by mixing in the speed paint medium. So, so, so there is a speed payment because I do use the contrast. I, I use a lot of, I mean, I, I really, to be honest, I really like the GW product and, but, but I do use a lot of that medium to dilute it. So you, you're saying that there is an army painter medium, but is it necessary realistically or is it only if you really want to thin it out a little Only bit? if you want to thin it out. Um, that's, that's really the only reason, or if you're doing some blends, I mean, there are some things that you can do wet blending with the product that are obviously more advanced. That's not the necessarily the intended purpose of the product, right? It's speed painting. Yeah, yeah. The idea is to, to get one really solid coat. Um, right. But yeah, it, um, uh, yeah, I think I hear a lot, and you mentioned this in the, the, the pre-show, that with contrast, it seems to work better across the range when you use their medium. Yeah. And I think that, that's that because it brings them more consistent to each other. They mm -hmm. start to behave a lot more the same way, whereas speed paint, it's going to be that way right out of the bottle every time. No that's matter good. What cool. I do go through a lot of GW's contrast medium, like a ridiculous amount. I mean, I think I'm on like fifth pot right now with this stuff, you know? Um, but whatever. Have... We, don't, we don't need to know about your pot habits. Um, <laughs> Adam, Adam, let's move this yes. uh, along because yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we're kind of biting around the edges of it. If I wanted to start an army using the speed paint process, take me through the rough steps. Yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on what, if you're going to speed paint the entire thing and, yeah. and that's the way that you're going to go about it, you're going to want to prime it in a light color. So if you want the brightest colors that you can find, you're going to want to use something like our color primer, matte white. We do recommend using a very matte primer um, as opposed to some of the semi-gloss and satin primers that are out there. Um, that helps with the flow of the, the paint across the surface? It helps. I mean, obviously, when we designed the product, we designed it using our primers. Um, mm -hmm. Real talk, slap shot thoughts, love slap shot. Awesome. <laughs> um, so that's that's probably the most basic way to do it, but I would recommend if you want to take a little bit more time in the early steps, Seth, is to do a Zenithal highlight. And right. if, for those of you, I'm, I'm sure that most of you know what that is, but for those of you that don't, it's when you prime your color, your, your miniature in a dark gray or black, and then you go over top with a white spray primer at a top angle to leave some of the, the darker colors and the shadows and recesses. What you can even then do is you do a dry brush white over top, and you could do a like a watered down black wash, let all that dry. And when you put your speed paints on, like, dude, the results are pretty freaking oh, insane. Cool. Just that short right. little bit of time. Now, when you're painting with speed paint, what I like to do is I like to go in and get the nooks and the crannies of what you're doing first. Right. So oh, go so ahead. You're inside out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Because once you, you know, you paint that red arm and you got to go back in with that you know, grim black to try and paint underneath. If you mess up a little bit, look, none of us are perfect. Yeah. Um, it's a lot harder with these paints than an acrylic paint to, to go back and fix that mistake. So try and work from the inside out. But Seth, really, I mean, with speed paints as it is with any other paint, when you go into a new army project, really it, it, your success on how that's going to look on the tabletop at the end depends on the color choices you make before you even apply your first color. All right. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I, Adam, I think you're touching on a really important part. Like, you can be an amazing painter, but if you just choose colors that look shitty together, then your whole army is going to look shitty. Like, it's it sucks. And and it's it's a skill that I think that a lot of people just don't necessarily appreciate. I go to a few of my friends that I know they have a really good eye for color. And I'm like, do these colors look good together? Like, will they look good wife. together on big models, on small models, you know, on a whole army? And like, a lot of times they're like, no, that that's too extreme. We got to 
bring them back in together. Do you have a, a technique for figuring that out, Adam, or is it purely just your gut instinct at this point? I mean, I, I've been studying art and all that stuff for my entire life, but you know, I think you just kind of have an eye for it or you don't, yeah. um, you know, it's obviously colors like blues and oranges together are going to go very nicely because you're picking a primary color and one of its adjacent complementary mm -hmm. colors, right? Sweet. Um, greens and oranges are another good one. Purples and yellows, reds and believe it or not, greens, even though they look a little bit Christmassy, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned those color combos because our producer put up, uh, one Very of the, the advert images and i was like is is this literally the design of the image is those colors next to each other those <laughs> complementary colors the starter paint set right there yeah. so uh, yeah look at packaging if you want to know what colors work well next to each other because it's it's not by accident that you have high roller purple <laughs> or yellow right there smart oh, cool. smart smart uh seth do you have any i know you had another question you wanted to ask yeah. adam so know. so as a as a Young lad, I made a poor choice to start a very uh, large orc army, and uh, it's painting can be quite tedious. So I'm really intrigued with these types of products as to how I can incorporate these types of products into existing armies to try to speed up that process. Yeah, it's actually fairly easy. I mean, one of the reasons that I love using speed paints, and I, I come from, you've seen my armies at events. You, you know, my my marines are, are are fairly well known for their bright minty color, right? And I achieve that using the Warpaints Air Range. And that's that's the base. That's my my focal point. You know, when Caleb Wissenbach saw it at, um, was it the GW event in New Orleans? He was like, see, that really pops um, because I put a lot of focus on that initial color. That's what you're going to see mm -hmm. first. But then once you get, you know, I paint checkers on all my, sh my shoulder pads and stuff like that. Once you get those, elements done that are a little bit more time consuming, but make the biggest impact. I like to then go back with speed paint. And that's a great way to start incorporating it into new armies for, you know, holsters and belts. I love using it for lenses because all you need is some white paint or some paint, you know, faint yellow paint to paint in the lenses. And then you take whatever speed paint to match your lenses from your space marine or chaos space marine army and boom, you've got perfect lenses in five seconds. Cool. Um, you know, so it's the little things like that, you know, picking out the things that you would normally paint like parchment or leather, things like that. Start there. And then as you get more familiar with the paints, but I will think I will say this, Seth, and maybe this will speak more directly to your point. We tried, you know, we have only 23 colors mm -hmm. um, and some people say, well, why don't you have 47? The other guys have 47 or whatever it is when you design paints that are as punchy as these ones are as you start producing more colors the variants become a lot closer together right and that's due to the nature of the ingredients used um, but that said we, we worked very hard to, to, to develop a fairly comprehensive amount of colors a selection of colors that are supported by you know our sales of paints yep. so we know what people are buying a lot of and just to cover our bases and uh kind of spinning off from that um you were saying that the the speed paint line is, is very high pigment content. If you were to use the medium to thin it down, does that kind of dilute the color a little bit so you can get some of those shades if you're trying to get more of a shade match? So you could, um, yeah, you could. That's that's one way to go about it for sure. And also playing around with what your undertone is. Um, okay. If you're if you're painting really gritty orcs, for example, mm -hmm. using a bright white undertone might not be, you know, your primer color might not be the perfect one maybe you want to use a skeleton bone or necrotic flesh necrotic flesh believe it or not as a, a base color primer for speed paint if you're doing anything zombie or renegade is a great like faint green to put these colors on top of and it gives a really muted but still a very cool effect 
Nice. All right. So yeah. trial and error. I mean, we we it's it's something that we preach all the time at the Army Painter. Start with the test model first. You know, get that painting strip out and prime a bunch of you know old models. You're an orc player, so you probably have at least a few dozen spare grots or something like that. I have about you know, 300 spare boys I could work with. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I my my pro tip for orcs though, and and this is what I did because we painted an orc army at LVO. Yeah, you did. Yeah. by the way. Um, and using only speed paints and metallics, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, the color that I used for the, was malignant skin was, it's like the, the Nurgle color for speed paint. Um, right. I used that for the skin of the orcs. It's a really good color. And I think if I had done a wash underneath first, like I had told you a little bit earlier in the mm-hmm. segment, I think it would have made it pop even, even that much more. Great pick there, Val. Way, way to, way to. Do your research on the spot on the fly man yeah. look at it that is that is cool to see the different uh quality of shade you get based on the undercoat i highly okay. recommend you go and watch um not to not to talk about other channels obviously when you're done here and di- done digesting uh, another five episodes on frontline go go check out goobertown hobbies review because he does a very scientific in-depth look at the paints and he, he right. tries them over multiple different coats and primers so it's it's a cool science, you know, look at the the range. So I'm going to put you on the spot because somebody in the chat put this, you know, asked this, and, and it's a great question. You've got one shot, Adam. you got somebody that's a non-believer. They're going to buy okay. one pot of paint. They're not coming to the Lone Star Open. They're not coming to ACO. They're not getting free speed paint there. They're, they're going to go buy one pot to give it a shot. What is the one color for them to, like, see the wonders of your product and compare it directly to something like GW's product? I have two answers, and you okay. got to let me have two answers. All right, all right, all right. Go for it. If you're a Dark Angels fanboy or fangirl or a an Ultramarines fanboy or fangirl, and that's what you have, if you have, you know, 20,000 points of a Space Marine chapter or a Tau set, you know, buy that color that close most closely matches your army first. Yeah. And just try it. Play around with it. If you're only buying one, Darkwood. Darkwood or Holy White. Holy White's really, really good. Um but dark wood, because that's one of those colors, brown is a color that can be a, a pain in the butt to paint, especially when you're painting a lot of small stuff that you don't want to apply multiple coats, thin coats of, of yeah. brown, because yeah. it's, again, like the bolt, belt holster or the, the gun holsters, the belts, the straps that you don't want to pay a lot of attention to. It just makes it quick and it gets a great result. Cool. And it's dark enough that, it, you know, it can cover over most any base coats that are there. Um, yeah dark wood uh is there a proper brush to use because I, I i know that like seth and i were talking earlier and you in the pregame with you as well like uh i mean do you think that just your general gener- i think you said it's a regiment brush is what army painter uses it's a large brush. i mean it's basically a large brush right for beginner painters we recommend using the monster brush it's the a big big brush big one um because they're new to painting anyways and we, we want them to we want to make sure that you're pulling enough of the paint on the bristles. You really got to load the bristles with, with quite a bit of paint to, to get the smooth coverage that you want, especially over smooth panels and rounded panels on a miniature. Um, so you don't want to apply it necessarily super thin like you would a traditional paint. You do want those pigments and the, the dyes that are in there yeah. to kind of do what they're supposed to do. Um, but I use a regiment brush for 95, maybe even more than that percent of my painting, cool. um, even a lot of the detail work. And it's big enough that it's great to use for the type of miniature painting that we do, scale models yeah. and tabletop. I've been using, I mean, because I've been painting these jet bikes recently with with contrast, and those have big flat panels on them. And what I found, you know, I, I generally agree I use a large 
regiment brush um, or equivalent for most of my stuff. But for the large panels, I've been getting this really wide. It's a games workshop, large, flat, wide brush, I guess. And yeah, you got one right there and just stroking it. And it really helps prevent any sort of streaking whatsoever. With, I mean, with he that. has like a full rack yeah. of he's got, army he finger products behind the company. So, well, do you, so you're like, oh, brushes. He's like, which one? So do you ever use one of those for like tank? panels and stuff so i actually take a slightly I, I do so we have two of our angle dry brushes i use the largest one for really flat surfaces mm -hmm. but another technique that i really like to use and that and mind you I, I i like to weather a lot of my stuff it's just fun but mm -hmm. and build texture with color i like to take the master class dry brush let me grab it over here and this is how i got away with a lot of the work vehicles at lvo um, is just dip it in the speed paint and I stippled ah. the speed paint on. And there, there is kind of this cool self-leveling property of it. Um, but when you're stippling with these masterclass dry brushes, you get like this almost like a modeled effect. And it looks, I think it looks pretty cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, that's a nice little hobby hack. I know that we did not intend this to go become a, a hobby section, but I'm really actually getting some solid tips here. Wait, wait, kicker. We yeah. had Adam from the army painter. Sorry, this is the producer speaking, uh, live we to didn't air. think this was going to be a hobby track <laughs> discussion here. Like what did, what did right. you think we were going to talk about? Bring in Val, producer is coming in. What, what's Val saying? I was just going to say, I'm, I'm just floored by that comment. Yeah. I was going to turn into a hobby talk. Like, well, I was more just like, getting, yeah, yeah, but that, that's all right. That's all right. No, you, 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 we go you, you can like, finish the show, Kicker. The brushing. I can finish the show. Thank you so much, Sir Val. I was expecting like just more talk about the paint, but now we're getting like brush technique here. And I never thought about it. So, so those that were listening and not watching, uh, Adam held up one of those large, I guess, makeup brushes. So they're not the flat ones, the big round yeah, ones. They, they're the, uh, what are the, the, uh, Master uh, air master dry class brushes. dry brush is what army painter calls them, but I yeah. just call them makeup brushes. But like, I never thought about using it as a stipple. Like that's blowing my mind, right? Like I, I paint a lot guys. And I never thought about stippling on a contrast or a speed paint to create that effect on, on large panels. I'm, and I'm like, I'm going to go try as soon as we're done. I'm going to go play around with my paints mm -hmm. and try that out. Sure. Uh, Seth, do you have a question? I, I think we got another question or two in that popped up. Uh, right? He answered, he answered one of our questions from chat, but the other question that came from, uh, his beloved friend, Hunter Nichols is, uh, will speed paint help his golf game? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause, cause you save time at the hobby desk. You can spend more time on the range. You bum. Ah, wow, ah, wow, that. That, that was that's well a sales answered. pitch right there. Yeah. Right. Does this guy do this for a living? All right. Sweet. I love Perhaps. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, Seth, why don't we jump into a little bit of what's going on in the competitive world? Because, yeah. and, and Adam, if you're cool sticking around, we'd love to have you stick around and, and just give your insight if you want to jump in whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sweet, so, sweet. Um, you know, there was this little thing last week, Kicker. I don't know if you heard about it. Tiny, uh, tiny. The, yeah. the balanced data slate. Boom. The, the yeah. chat, have you heard of this thing yet? It's, right. it's pretty new and pretty cool. <laughs> um, so they've done uh gw released the balance data set like they had said they would and if you remember what i said i guess a couple weeks ago when we had adam solis on i said they've got to get about 80 percent of this stuff right mm -hmm. there's two rules they've got to fix bodyguard and uh out of uh line of sight shooting yeah. um i think they've done most of that so so they, are you are you they uh are you happy they, with this seth like just because it was that the 80 percent that you needed them to fix I think so. I think okay. so. I'm happy with where we stand right now. Um, let's kind of go through what they did. So the, okay. the big so, thing is um, for Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines and Sisters, they added a rule called Armor of Contempt, which reduces all AP by one against them. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound like a lot. Oh, I've a played lot. against them a few times now with the Triple Storm Surge Tau, and uh, that changes 
Oh yeah. A lot of math. Oh, yeah. Um AP one weapons don't do anything. Nothing. Nothing. Um yeah. AP two weapons, if they're in cover, do nothing. Um, so it's starting to get pretty interesting out there. I think the math was if you wanted to shoot a uh scarab occult terminator that was in cover and get it to its invuln, you had to need like AP neg four. Yeah, it was just to get it to its invuln or something like or like get to a four up. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So um they they changed the uh sisters and the salamanders, the Valor's Heart sisters and salamanders, because our chapter tactic was to ignore AP one, um, to replace that to no rerolls to wound. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the best option for sisters but it's really strong for salamanders yeah, so really for salamanders. They're, they're doing a lot to try to boost these lower tier armies right now um like i said indirect fire and bodyguard needed to see adjustments and they got them indirect now is minus one ballistic skill it's not minus one to hit kicker it's minus one ballistic skill yeah, so that means That's, it stacks people it does it does so if you're shooting something that you can't see your minus one ballistic skill and you also lose a point of ap um so that takes a lot of the the abusive weapons in the towel like smart missiles and air bursts um takes them to a ballistic skill five takes them to ap zero um so again, making them less effective. I think those types of weapons now are more used for picking up the spare, so to speak, where you maybe, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm playing kicker and he's got a unit of, of dire Avengers and I've killed down to two or three. Okay. Now I'll throw indirect mm -hmm. fire to try to pick them up versus before I could try to just pick up the whole squad. Bodyguard also changed. Wait, uh, wait, so there is one exception to this. Uh, I, I, okay. Yes. There is an exception to the indirect fire uh, guard. Don't. Give, don't give take them this. this. Give them this. They, they don't this. take this. So guard can just indirect fire like normal. Um, so guard are having that. Guard also saw another buff. Six is to hit auto wound across the whole guard army. Oh, jeez. That's gross. That's just gross. Just just to be clear, they could just spam fire las guns of crap now. They also made like the infantry squad, all the upgrades were free for them. So just yeah. like every every guard player immediately was like, where are all my plasma guns and melted guns? And uh, I need a few las cannons. Do I have any power fists to put on that sergeant? <laughs> like what the, yeah, they just all the weapon. crap on there. Um, so that was cool to see. Um, the bodyguard rule changed. It used to be that a, a, the bodyguard rule was if I had a character near a bodyguard unit, Within three inches, you couldn't target that character, no matter what, as long as that bodyguard unit lived. Now it just says that the bodyguard unit, regardless of number of models or number of wounds of models in that unit, uh, provides lookout, sir. So if you're within three inches of a bodyguard unit, you're untargetable unless you're the closest eligible target, at which point you can shoot the character. So um, it makes them, uh, it takes away some of the abuse where you had like Tau characters and Custode characters sitting on objectives and blasting away and bodyguards hiding behind a wall, preventing them from ever being shot. So that was good. Sisters get an extra miracle dice each turn now. It used to be one per battle round. Now it's one per turn. So they're getting two uh, dice Double per battle dice, round. Yeah. So that's, that's helped them out a lot. Um, and then the nerfs. Uh, Custodes took it the hardest. They lost obsec on anything that's not troops. Um, so they lost it on their bikes. They lost it on their characters. That was kind of a big kick in the... Uh, the, the they don't, do they have gene steed? I don't know. I, I don't know. Do they, do they have testicles? testicles? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they, their defensive strats, they had a bunch of defensive strats. Those basically all become one use only uh, mm -hmm. and only on their infantry. So that's a big downgrade for their defensive uh, abilities. Um, so I think we're going to start to see a lot of changes with them going forward. Harlequins were also a, a terror of the tables. Um, Mirror Architect, which was the 
aura that a shadow seer gave off that was minus six inches range they've changed that so it's a command to phase ability not an aura so it picks one unit and it has to be a core unit so it's basically going to be on infantry not their vehicles the void weavers which were like the big offending unit and they also change it so it just affects the range of the gun not abilities so if you have abilities that require you to be within a certain range of that target like monka or Cayune, because i'm thinking in tau um that's not affected so that's that's a, a good change i don't think you're going to see mirror architect anymore it's gone yeah there was a warlord trait favor of uh Shagarak. um it was they used it on the death jester to get auto sixes to hit so they could get bajillions of shots now it's turned into melee only and then the big offenders their vehicles the star weavers and the void weavers both saw points increases 15 points for the star weavers and 40 points for the void weavers now the internet immediately is saying this is not enough oh my gosh this is not enough they need more i'm i'm here to tell you i played uh, a, a very top level uh, Harlequin list at um, the Battle of End Alzheimer's. That list went up. How many points, Kicker? The the um, medal list. How many points do you think it 40 went? Forty times nine. Do it. Uh, I'm not bad. Good math. A lots. Lots. Four hundred twenty points. That list we went up. That much. So that's almost <laughs> a quarter of his army that has to be removed now. I think that's a, a pretty pretty big chunk, and I think combined with the other rules, it's it's helping. Yeah. Let's give it. Let's give it. You know, I mean, we have a few big events coming up. Let's see what happens. You know, yeah. let, let's see how much this and, up. And then, last but not least, the Tau. The Tau took a nerf. You, it's pretty safe to say that they got the the lightest nerf of of the nerfs. Uh, Monka lost its additional AP bonus. The Farsight Chapter Tactic, which was getting a marker light within twelve inches, has been reduced to nine inches. Broadsides lost core, so they basically lost access to all of the rerolls and feel no pains. And Tau have a couple different strats to give a target minus two to charge. They made sure to know that that does not stack with any other negative modifiers. So you can't be charging me through a forest and being hit with this. So you're minus four to your charge. It's, it caps at minus two. So overall, I, I'm liking these changes. They, they've boosted up some of the lower factions. They've, they've hit some of the universal rules that have been a problem. And they've, they've tamped down on the higher end factions. It's going to be some time. We didn't have many events last weekend that ran this. There was like one event, and it was like a 28-player event. Death Guard won it, but I, I, that's that's too small a data set yeah, to say that we we fixed the meta. But I definitely think I mean, we're dude, going to see. I a played big the game, game last night against yeah. Black Templars, and it was it was it was it was it was a great game. I mean, I had a lot of fun. The Black mm -hmm. Templars hit a lot hard. I mean, survive way better now. I mean, they're just tougher. Let's just face it. But you know what? Space Marines kind of needed that. I know. I, I know our guest Adam. He's a Space Marine player traditionally. Uh, I mean, have you been feeling in the more recent times that your Space Marines were lacking? I mean, you probably needed this uh, boost of adrenaline, right? Oh, I, I think we. He's muted. Cool. Oh, he's muted. I, I asked him a question and he's muted. I'm so sorry to do that. Too. Oh, I got. There we go. I think it's, it's been a while. It's. Oh, no, you're you're good to go. We can hear you, Adam. Okay. It's been a while since I've been on a podcast. First of all, so I, I forgot about. Me. Um. I haven't been playing a whole lot of Marines, and when I do, I bring just random lists. Just I'm random so stuff. far behind on the meta. Yeah, I, I've I've stuck to white scars because I remember the rules. Yeah. So if there's a big change. Yeah. They are arguably one of the stronger uh, Marine factions right now. Yeah. So, I mean, still in the Team USA chat and, and hearing what's going on, and I'm, I'm urging them to bring a White Scars list. But, uh, you know, I've gotten to play. Uh, lately, I've been playing a new army every time I play, it feels like. But Dang. I went back to bring my NIDs. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what the new book does there. But Marines, yeah, I think that what's the, the rule? Uh, armor, armor of Contempt. Armor of Contempt. Armor of contempt. I think that's pretty solid. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, just basically getting a better save across all your Marines. And and I think the Marines should have a damn good save. I mean, that's their whole thing is power armor. Like they should be tough. And you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it fits the, uh, the lore pretty well. Yeah. I think my prediction is blood angels are going to get uh, real good soon because armor attempt works on sanguinary guard. It does. And sanguinary guard uh, so mm, I'm here to tell you the most <laughs> annoying list to play against is 35 death uh, wing terminators. <laughs> That, that's, that is, that's the list. That's uh, the list. cancer, and I hate it. I played against <laughs> it, and they're just like, we're just going to only be wounded on forums, and we're going to ignore a bunch of your AP, and you're, we're going to revive dudes. And you're like, could you not? And they're like, ah, we're OPSEC. <laughs> that's literally what they do. It's so, so annoying. So, so Adam had mentioned you know, NIDS, and I think there's a recent update as well that came yes. out yesterday today so, about the supplements, yeah, right? I'm, I'm very interested in this update. This is the, they called it the content validity update. Um, and what this was is it stated what supplements are and are not approved for match play, including Psychic Awakening, the Warzone books, and the White Dwarfs. Um, and included also the data slates that are usable, how long they would be usable. So some of the older books they specifically marked out, like on Psychic Awakening, is that these would be valid through January 2023 oh, wow. unless a codex was dropped for that book. Uh, in the meantime, the big things that they changed were from Warzone Octarius, you cannot take Crusher Stampede or the, the Leviathan rules, and you can't take the Crusher Stampede rules out of White Dwarf. Those are not valid for for uh, matched play. Um, most, uh, where can I find these rules? You can find them on the download section of uh, the Warhammer community yeah. uh, website. They were updated um, today, yeah. Yeah, it literally came out today. What intrigues me about this kicker? is um and adam this i think might strike a chord with you gw has two communities there's the competitive community and there's the narrative community the competitive community wants frequent updates they like new rules and they want those to get updated and balanced frequently the narrative community does not want to see a bunch of new stuff coming out all the time rules wise because they're slow growing their armies. They just learned their army. They only play once or twice a month. I have friends. I just saw them recently that were legitimately arguing that there's too many stratagems in the game. And they're narrative players, and they can't keep up with that many stratagems. That's a fair argument. And GW can't create a balanced system to make both of those communities happy. It's not. They're either going to have two frequent updates that are. it's going to be happy happy for competitive players, unhappy for narrative players, or slowed the updates so the narrative players are happy, but then the competitive players are unhappy. Oh. This specifically stated, these rules are not intended for match plays, and they recommend that TOs do not allow them in tournaments. It is separating a rule set saying, if you know what, you, I know that, Adam, you've been working, you're not, but I'm just saying you are, you, you've been working hard on this Crusher Stampede army and you really love it and you want to play it with your friends and you want to play it against John Stovall's Black Templar. And now they said, hey, that's not valid. Well, no, that's not valid for tournament. You can't play him in a tournament, but you can still go throw dice on a random weekday night with him. Um, right. So I, I enjoy that they're trying to separate that balance into two different systems. Yeah. Yeah. We got one in the chat. I see. Yeah. Well, well, Adam, I mean, Adam, like you personally, dude, like, do you feel it's too many rules too, too fast? Because I, I, as a competitive player, I mean, obviously I, I run events and stuff. I like constant interaction with these constant updates because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that, that selfishly fills what I want. I want to balance well, the game. It, it but, creates variety. But you play uh, not as often as you're saying, Adam, like, is it, is it, is it overwhelming? 
Yeah. So for me, if, if it were me three years ago, um, when I was going to a lot of tournaments and tournaments every month or, you know, even multiple times a month, I would have, I would be craving this. Right. Um, but at the same time, now that I'm a more of a casual gamer who still follows the tournament scene, there's no chance I could keep up at the rate that it's going right now. And that's why I've been sticking to, to armies that I know because the, the margin of error there of me getting something wrong is a lot smaller. If I, you know, already know the rules somewhat by heart, you know what I mean? Um, but I think it's a good thing. And I think it's a fine balancing act that GW has to play because as Seth says, there are the core community of, of competitive gamers. And I still, I, I think that it's a very small portion of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it speaks volumes to the fact that they hire somebody like Mike and, and they really get out there into the community um, and participate at the tournament level. And I think that's great, but I think that they have to find the happy balance. You know, when they release something, they really got to test it to make sure it's not as overboard as these past few have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and seeing something still... like Crusher Stampede to me come out and be just bonkers good. And then you, what was the percentage of people playing it at Las Vegas Open? I know it was really high. Yeah, it was a little rough. Uh, it was the <laughs> second or third highest percent faction, yeah. I think, in the field. It was very well represented. Yeah. And that happened in a matter of, and that's happening, it happened again with Harlequins and, uh, you know, it's probably going to happen again when Chaos Knights come out. And from what I hear, you know, Chaos Space Marines are going to be pretty awesome too. So it's the Codex creep coming back around. And I know that that's good for sales, but maybe they could, you know, tweak the levers a little bit, you know, just adjust the, the, the levels a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's th- both of these things the the content validity update and the uh data the balanced data slate um we really haven't seen I mean literally the content validity was today. So we really haven't seen a chance uh for these to really affect the meta numbers wise. Uh Tyranids are just out. There's still a lot of uh belief that the current Tyranids are going to be really strong, probably the top they will dog. Be. They will be. Um and so it's it's going to take probably like I said, a couple more weeks before we start to see the data. Um, and hopefully, as we see that data, we can start making some better ideas of of what the meta looks like, and hopefully see um, maybe some hot patches from GW on the Tyranid Codex, if that's the only kind of outlier in the data, fingers crossed. Well, Seth, you're talking about the data. What does the data say are the current leaders in oh, the war? Look at that beautiful that. segue. It's like we do this oh, every week, right? Jeez. Most yeah. weeks. Um, all right. So like 40K competitive track. Um, we have a British invasion uh, occurring. Wow. Um, number one is Manny Chima, followed uh, closely by our number two, uh, Matt Robertson. Now, uh, after that, um, we do have some Americans. Uh, we've got Thomas Ogden and Mike Porter in there. But then that wily scottish bastard himself innis wilson has <laughs> snuck his way into the top five All it right. pains me to say that i spoke with innis wilson earlier today and he laid the gauntlet down folks he said there are no good players in the u.s <sighs> so i'm gonna need someone to go to scotland and prove him wrong because <laughs> innis, is, innis isn't he's too afraid to come over here so i'm gonna need someone to go over there okay just saying I'm, folks i'm, just, I'm still owed a kilt so I, I want to go back to, to the last ETC that we had. I'm still owed a kilt by, by Team Scotland. So I don't think he should be bouncing around making any claims like that. <laughs> he, can't, he can't even pay off his own debts. Jeez, all right. Um, all right, hobby track. Uh, 40K hobby track. Number one is Jamie Pirazzolo. 
Number two, Morgan Tempe. Number three, Eric Mullins. Number four, Dean Pritchard. And number five, Jacob Thayer. Uh, Dean and Jacob are both kind of East Coast guys. I run into them a lot. They have great looking armies. Uh, Dean was actually running Crusher Stampede uh, last time I checked. Um, I'm interested to see what he's going on to next. He has a mantis strip. I should get pictures of it. Well, it's a mantis, it. mantis shrimp style. It's really cool looking. I'll get some Dean, pictures. Dean, Jacob, Eric, Morgan, Jamie, send us photos, please, so that we can, you know, for next week. On to the AOS competitive track. Uh, our number one is uh, Thomas Guan. Number two, Matt Naguin. Number three, Robert Snyder, who I am still convinced is just Ryan Snyder playing AOS. Um, and number four, Gavin Grigar, last year's winner. He's yeah. sneaking his way back up there. Look at him. Only four scores in, and he's snagged the number four slot. Yeah. So I think he can definitely compete for that top slot. And number five is Jordan Duncan. Um, and then flipping on over to the AOS hobby track, number one, Matt Abbott. Number two, Robert Snyder. Again, prove to me he's not a clone or hobby just fanatic. Uh, wait, no, that's now that's the uh, that's the 40k guys. <laughs> uh, it's copied. Matt Abbott is our number one, number two, Robert Snyder, number three, Tim Ham, number four, Carl Rohr, and number five, Aaron Newbaum. And that is mm. our ITC rankings update. Um, chat get your questions in it's that time of the night i uh, i did steal one out of the chat earlier um someone in, this is when we were talking data slate stuff he said i've been trying to get into warhammer for a while would it be safe to try to get into 40k with knights after these updates i had space marines and custodes recommended previously i mean i i, I dude knights were my first competitive army like mm -hmm. that's what i my first big boy tournament i went to was with knights you know so yeah, yeah dude go for it it's easy less models to, to yeah. manage I think knights as a whole are always going to be a good army um, because they're just something if you don't if you don't tech into how to kill a knight and they show up across the table from you, you're going to have a problem. Um, that being said, knights don't necessarily always, you know, reach the peak and, and yeah. take the top spots. So if you're not worried about trying to win events and be the best and win everything, I think knights are a great place. I also think they're a great way to start hobby-wise because they're giant canvases to work with. Yeah. And that That's guy cool. up there can tell you all yeah, kinds of fun Adam. things to do with them. <laughs> I, I knights are a lot of fun to paint and personally i learned a lot of new techniques by trying on knights because at the end of the day they're like a giant space marine right yeah. yeah and you've got these awesome panels to work so if you're trying freehand for the first time or if you want to try weather in it's it's always easier to to try on a scaled up model first yeah it's a great opportunity and i think it's also a great army to get fielded very quickly yeah. and and to a decent a level point. You know, talk about painting armies fast. So if uh, to the listener that wrote in, I mean, even if you're doing, I brought a bunch of knights to the last war zone I went to. Um, even if you're doing some baby knights and maybe one or two big knights, yeah, you think you're take like, as what? many of eight it, models, it, maybe in that list. No, not, not even eight models, man. I mean, yeah, you can. But it doesn't have to be. But what I'm I'm trying to illustrate here is if you assemble it in subassembly, so your big panels are off. And you can prime them all one color and then you prime all of the body yeah. like the body parts metallic and then i mean all that needs is a wash and a dry brush so that part's done then you get to mess around on the panels with the color and it's you can paint a knight army very quickly i like it yeah um we have a question about aos in the chat what aos faction gets you itching to try the rule set Ooh. i'm already i'm already going guys Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? He's got Stormcast. He was telling us about a Stormcast. Oh, Stormcast. Yeah, yeah. So I, this is actually, I'm going to publicly, can I just take over for a second? Yeah, do sure. it. Gonna, Knock yourself uh, out. All right. So I've got a buddy. I've got a buddy back at, at HQ, our head studio paint, painter, Thomas. Uh, he's a, 
amazing painter. And both he and I are big 40K players and we want to try something new. So we challenged each other a long time ago to get an Age of Sigmar army painted. We were going to play a game together. Well, that was back in January, I think. And neither of us had a full army painted. I'm going back in June. So Thomas, if you're listening, you better have 2,000 points of whatever Age of Sigmar army that you want to have fully painted. And we're going to play that game. And I, I want to stream the game. I want to stream That'd it from, cool. uh, yeah, I want to stream it from Dippet's Dungeon. And uh, yeah, so that's presently what gets me excited. And you want to talk about an easy army to paint? Like, dude. <laughs> Kicker. What, what faction tickles your interest? Uh, so I kind of mentioned it earlier. I've always liked the, the Lizardmen, and I've always liked uh, the, the Skaven, the, the Rat Guys. Those they have like a, a Lord Croak is their new model, like massive yeah yeah the skeleton big, frog yeah he's so freaking cool dude um i actually have a box of the like the underworlds like lizardman team just because i thought they looked so awesome they're like skinks and stuff i'm like yeah so i've tried multiple times to try to use lizardman armies in 40k because i don't play age of sigmar and i want to use his model so badly hasn't worked out the best but uh you know that's what what, what about you seth and don't say orcs you can't say orcs i i actually i actually got a box of of aos stuff at when i was at uh, the the battle and alzheimer's i got the the battle force for the gloom spike gets oh because right. it's squigs and gretchen yeah. not grots it's, not it's whatever they're calling and and okay. mushrooms and craziness right, uh, yeah. so i i was like well if i like them for aos i'll play them for aos and if i don't then they are conversion fodder for orcs mm, yeah um so it'll work out um Kicker, this one's yep. right in your alley. Uh, we had a listener in chat, Andrew uh, DeSalt, ask, how fun would BAO be as a first tournament? Overwhelming, question mark? Not expecting success competitively, just fun. So literally today, I was just going through like, some email backlog, and I had like at least two or three other emails saying, hey, BAO is my first you know, event, what's the player packet or where's the player? Like there's, so what I guess I'm trying to say is there's going to be other people already going to BAO and it's their first event. You know, BAO is the longest running frontline gaming event we've, we've done. Like we're very excited for it. It's at the KubelCon. So even if you end up just not having the most fun day one, you can just go and enjoy the rest of the convention. Um, so BAO is super friendly. Uh, I highly would recommend that one. Yeah. And also really recommend the Lone Star Open because that's a two-day event. Um, as a, you, know, you know, it's a Saturday and a Sunday, so you don't even have to take a day off of work if you don't want to. I, I've been to quite a few of the, the frontline events, and I have to say I've never been to a single one where I didn't play a person who was there for their first tournament. Yeah. And we're talking yeah events you know the, the biggest event that they do yeah. um it, if you've never been to a tournament i highly recommend going the tournament community is not as big bad scary as as it might be made out to be on reddit and no. and 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 like adam like i think i met you at a tournament i think that was like you were you were toing like one of the, the first tournaments it was at a brewery i believe i believe and that was like one of the first yeah. events uh, i went to like yeah, yeah I mean, we, like, we all three of us met at, met tournaments. at tournaments yeah, yeah. which like my best friends now are people that i met at a tournament so just, yeah. just saying you know yeah i mean tournaments are are i mean i travel to see my teammates now um yeah i mean it's it's a great chance to get to meet folks because the person across the table from you that you're going to play a game with for three hours shares a very very specific interest with you that they clearly are invested in because they've traveled to an event mm -hmm. so i, I you already have something in common yeah you already have something in common yeah, it's it's an opportunity to make a friend for life, like Twitter, like Kicker was saying. And uh, I just see, like, speaking of friends for life, John Stovall's in the chat. And I met that guy playing 40K. And that guy, he, he's going to be one of my best friends forever. Yeah, so 
that I think wraps us up for tonight. I think we've been going for, for a yeah. bit. Um, it was really good having you on Adam. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you back on a podcast because those of you that, that are a little older might remember that Adam hosted the best general podcast. Mm -hmm. That was a fantastic journey to go on with him. So it's, it's good to have you back behind the mic, buddy. Um, any final thoughts you want to throw out there for the listeners? I just love what you guys are doing. And Hey, if you're on the fence about speed paint, go buy one bottle. The new racks are going to be in stores real soon. And uh, just give it a, give it a try. It's a lot of fun. All right. Kicker, cool. any final thoughts for the night? No, man. I, I just want to thank Adam for coming on the show and we look forward to seeing everyone next week. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of signals from the front line. Have a great week and we will see you next Wednesday. Good night. <laughs>